So now we're ready to come up with what seems like a logical definition for matrix multiplication. So going back to the fundraiser idea again, we could have represented the sales for Alex and Boris as a matrix with two columns. So it seems like it would be nice if we could just think about getting the revenue by taking the price times the sales matrix rather than each column of sales like we did individually for Alex first and then Boris. So it'd be nice if we could define matrix multiplication so that our answer would be Alex's revenue, which I believe was 520, and Boris's, which was 335, still lined up Alex's revenue and Boris's revenue. So in between the sales matrix and the revenue matrix is this product price row times sales matrix. So that would be our revenue matrix. Price was, uh, CDs were 15, t-shirts were 10, calculators were 100, and we want to multiply it by a matrix, 8, 10, 3 is our first column, 5, 16, 1 is our second, and we want our answer to be 520 and 335. Seems like that would be a reasonable way to define matrix multiplication. Looking at the dimensions, can it be done? We have one row by three columns times three rows by two columns. The threes match up, so based on our definition for vector multiplication, it looks like so far so good. And our final outer numbers would be the dimension of our final multiplication which is one by two, and that's what we have right here. We have one row by two columns. So it seems logical then that this product, price times sales matrix, should equal this matrix right here, revenue for Alex, revenue for Boris. So it keeps our organization for us, which is going to be very useful for you in business, or if you take a statistics course, there are a lot of times when data is organized in a matrix. And you might have one variable across the top. Instead of maybe Alex and Boris, you might have smoker and non-smoker. And then along here, you might have different age groups, 15 to 25, 26 to 40, and then older than 40. And in here, you might have counts of each based on a survey. So you would have the number of non-smokers in this age group versus the number of smokers in the age group. Uh, whichever one I defined as each. So it's a nice way to organize, and then statistics will actually be able to analyze these numbers in here and tell you if there's anything significant, i.e., if you have more smokers in the young group than you do in the old group. If that's the case, then people might want to target the, the younger uh, population and try to do some intervention before they start smoking. So there are some uses for matrices aside from what we've been talking about so far, which is solving systems of equations. And it's very important that we keep the formatting as consistent as possible and as informative as possible. Notice we still have Alex here and Boris here. 
Let's try one more thing with this fundraiser before we start talking about matrix multiplication in general. Does it make sense that I could add a third column here? Maybe, I don't know, Chuck or Kathy um, or something more interesting. Somebody who sold another set of each item, maybe four CDs, three uh, T-shirts, and zero calculators. And doesn't it seem like we should be able to add this person's sales to the sales matrix and still get a revenue matrix? And wouldn't it make sense that our final answer would be Alex's revenue, Boris's revenue, and then this third person's revenue next to it? And if we looked at the dimensions, well, one by three times, this time a three by three, our final answer will be able to be found because the inner numbers match. And we'll have the dimensions one by three, three salespeople and their revenues. So let's go ahead and do this, this multiplication from scratch. So we'll assume that we haven't already found Alex's revenue and Boris's revenue. And let's use the dimensions to think about what our answer should look like. So since it's revenue, I'm going to use R for the entries. And I'm going to look right here and see that it should be a 1 by 3. That's going to be very helpful when you start multiplying matrices in general. If you set up what you could call a shell for the answer, it needs to be a 1 by 3 matrix when you're finished. So it needs to have revenue in the first row, first column, revenue in the first row, second column, and revenue in the first row, third column. So that gives you a hint you're going to have three entries in your answer. Then when you go to actually find out what these entries are, there are clues hidden in their notation. R11 could be corresponded to row 1, column 1. So we're going to take row 1, there's only one, times the first column, and that's our Alex column, so it makes sense. So we're going to take row 1 times column 1, and when we do that, we multiply the first entry with the first entry, plus the second entry with the second entry, plus the third entry with the third entry. Now, some people will practice this by taking their pencils and covering up the other two columns so they don't get confused. That's helpful. It's also helpful to start where you want to, start in the first row, start in the first column, and then your left hand moves across as your right hand moves down. So you go across as if you were reading a book uh, in our language. Go across as you're reading a book in our language and then go down. So 15 times 8 plus 10 times 10 plus 100 times 3. If the numbers aren't huge, you might be able to do that all in your head. But just in case, I'm going to write it, write it out. You've seen this before. 15 times 8 plus 10 times 10 plus 100 times 3. That's row 1 times column 1. That's also Alex's revenue, isn't it? 15 times 8 is 120 plus 100 plus 300. So there's our 520. 
and that's going to go in the first entry of our answer. We knew that, right? And we know 335 is coming up for Boris. But I want to show you, when you already know the answer, what better way to practice the technique than if you don't know the answer, how do you know if you're doing it right? So we have row 1. Now we need to take the row 1 times column 2. So column 2, now it gets kind of messy now that I've underlined or circled already, but column 2 I've circled in blue. So I have row 1 times column 2, and when I do that, I go and I point to the first entry in each, first entry in row 1, first column in row 2, first entry in column 2, 15 times 5, that was 75 plus second entry, second entry, 10 times, 100, 10 times 16 is 160. Plus, don't forget the plus, that's the one that people sometimes multiply. But it is plus, third entry times the third entry, 100 times 1 is 100. So we have our final answer of 335 again. So that's our second entry. And finally, we're going into uncharted territory. Our entry right here that we want comes from row 1, column 3. So we go row 1, column 3. We're following the recipe here. We're following the directions that we've set up for ourselves based on these dimensions 1 by 3. Row 1 times column 3, point to 15, point to 4, 15 times 4, plus 10 times 3, plus 100 times 0. That one you might be able to do in your heads. 15 times 4, 2 times 15 is 30, so 15 times 4 is going to be 30 times 2, so that's 60. So you're going to have 60 plus 30 should be 90, but I'll write it out. Row 1 times column 3, 4 times 15, 60, plus 3 times 10, 30, so we have 90 is the revenue for our third person. And our revenue matrix, our one by three matrix, is right here, 520, 335, and 90.